0: InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It's a topic of discussion in places of employment across America, outsourcing, jobs being moved overseas. And is your job next? Well, to answer that question, here's Ron Hira, who is author of the book, Outsourcing America. Ron, welcome to InfoTrack. Thanks for having me on. Now, you're a recognized expert on outsourcing. You've testified before Congress on this topic. Is outsourcing something that's really just for the high-tech industry to be concerned about, or is it spreading out to other industries?
1: Oh, it's snowballing already. There's a misperception that this is only affecting information technology workers, computer programmers, software folks. This is, in fact, spreading to things like news reporting. So Reuters has a very huge facility that they've moved a lot of jobs to India, Reuters the news service. So news reporting, legal services, medicine, all kinds of occupations, even including prayers, believe it or not.
0: Now, this is a topic of debate, though, with, I guess, economists, that in some regard you could say, well, jobs are being lost. But on the other hand, it's making our economy more efficient. Where do you come down on that issue?
1: well I think that they are right that things are more efficient but what we have to recognize is there are both good effects and bad effects and the good effects are that you can get it cheaper and that makes the economy more efficient but the key here is those people who lose their jobs in the US are they being re-employed and if they are being re-employed are they getting the same wages they were before if that's not the case then it's not clear that the U.S. overall is a net beneficiary. And let me give you some figures. The re-employment rate is about 65%. So that means 35% of the people who are displaced remain unemployed. They don't get reemployed. And of the 65% who do get jobs, many of them take significant salary cuts. So it's clearly a bad deal for U.S. workers and for the U.S. workforce. It's a good deal for those companies that are able to take advantage of the low-cost labor. Whether it's good or bad in the net for the U.S., no one really can calculate that. But what we know is that the good effects are helping a certain group and the bad effects are affecting another group, and that's the workers.
0: And obviously people on the other side of the issue feel that if the economy is more efficient, more jobs will eventually be created and so on. But how many of these jobs are high-paying jobs we're talking about?
1: That's, again, where we don't have very good data, and I think this is a Place where government has really dropped the ball is that they haven't been examining where these new jobs are, what the quality of the jobs are, and what happens to those displaced workers in any more detail. So, for example, the assumption is that we'll be creating new jobs that'll be higher paying, that'll require higher skills, and it's just a matter of retraining these workers. The problem is that no one can tell those displaced workers what to retrain for. So if you're an IT worker, do you retrain to become a nurse, for example? where supposedly there's great demand for nurses, who's going to pay for your nursing degree and how can you afford to do that and so on. So there's a lot more complexity here and complications in terms of getting people back into the workforce, which is really what we need.
0: Okay, so it's not exactly clear what the story is, but obviously there's a major trend happening here. And why is this happening more now, it seems, than in the past? Have there been policy changes in the government that are making this happen?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of different things. One, which a lot of people have recognized, is, of course, the technology has enabled things. So with the Internet, with much lower-cost telecommunications in place, you can do things much more readily, remotely, Uh, And whether it's in India or in Eastern Europe or in Latin America. Basically, the government has sat on the sidelines. It hasn't done anything in terms of a policy response. To this. Now, another key factor, which I think a lot of people overlook into why this is happening, companies, CEOs, and managers are not compensated by how many U.S. workers they have. They're compensated by the profits they can drive. And I'm not drawing a normative judgment on that. This is the system that we have set up. And so the fate of U.S. workers is no longer part of the decision-making for corporate America. And, you know, some say that that's a good thing, but the reality is that now, because They can basically lay people off without any consequences. They're going ahead and doing that. So they're laying off their U.S. workforce and they're expanding abroad. What we do about that policy-wise, I think there's no clear answer there, and that's one of the reasons why this is a pretty complicated story. The
0: book is Outsourcing America, which you co-authored with your brother Anil Hira. One of the things you touch on is the Indian-American community and how, There seems to be a perception that most of these jobs are going to India and it almost gets into a realm of racism in some instances where people are just so antagonistic about this situation. Could you just talk about that for a minute?
1: Sure. Uh, We're actually from the Indian American community ourselves. And so it's been kind of interesting talking to family and friends about the issue. And many in the Indian American community think that there's objections to outsourcing because it's going to India, if it was going to let's say Ireland or the UK or somewhere else that Americans would not object. I think the Indian American community is misperceiving what the objections are. The objection is that U.S. workers who are losing their jobs know that the job market is not very good and that they can't easily get reemployed. India is just the first mover here. We've got Russia coming online. You've got a lot of Eastern European countries. China's now trying to target a lot of these services jobs. They've been successful in manufacturing. Latin America, almost every developing country, is trying to model what India has done in the IT sector and the call centers. And so it's just a matter of time before these jobs not only go to India but go elsewhere and even some of the jobs that have gone to India will find even lower cost places afterwards.
0: Yeah, and you touched on something there, that this is part of a bigger trend, which obviously so much of the manufactured products in this country, consumer goods, are coming from China, and many of those jobs have been displaced in past years. So, if I'm a currently employed worker, and I'm A little concerned that outsourcing might be taking my job. Is there anything I can do to perhaps...
1: Make yourself offshoring proof? Exactly. (laughs) Well, this is the million-dollar question that I get asked all the time. The problem is that companies, you know, they're acting rationally, and they don't want to reveal what jobs they sent and which jobs they plan on sending if they actually came out and were open about what they were doing then you could plan you could say these types of jobs are definitely going to go and these other types of jobs are going to stay and so you train for the ones that are going to stay but they don't want to take the public relations hit by revealing that they're planning on transferring things so i think that's actually been a downside of the heated debate you know the fact that we have this sort of very heated debate in public companies are shying away from revealing anything that they're doing. They're very secretive about all of their plans. And this raises all kinds of practical problems. Aside from just the policy issues, it's practical things for workers and educators. For example, I've given talks before engineering faculty, and they want to know what's going to stay and what's going to go, and what changes they need to make to their courses and their curriculum to train their U.S. students. The problem is that we just don't have good information on it.
0: One thing that I've heard over the years is to ensure your job security, you really should constantly be looking to learn and to expand into other areas and to ask for more responsibilities and just to be more well-rounded and not just a narrow-focused individual in a corporation. Would you agree with that?
1: I think that that's a good strategy in general. Whether it will make you immune to offshoring or not isn't clear, but that's certainly a good strategy now. One of the problems is that companies are more reluctant to fund, for example, your continuing education. And so we're seeing this across the board. Lots of companies used to pay for bachelor's degrees or master's degrees for their workers, and they're doing that less and less. There's less of those kinds of benefits. And so the question becomes, how does a worker retrain themselves, go through this lifelong learning process, and who pays for that and how can they afford to do that
0: Ron if you could wave a magic wand and change maybe one or two things that you think would solve this problem what would you change
1: well I don't think there are one or two things that we can do to make things right or make things better I think the first step is to acknowledge that there are downsides to this and that we should actually do something about it believe it or not lots of policy makers are basically ignoring this issue and saying that this is no big deal so I think it's That's the first step is to acknowledge, you know, there are a lot of downsides here and we should start addressing them immediately. We need to start to experiment with different types of retraining programs, identifying where there really are job openings and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of good practical steps that we can take, but there's no single sort of silver bullet. But before we can take any steps, somebody has to say, wait a second, there is a problem here and we need to address it.
0: Ron Hira is a Ph.D. expert on outsourcing a uh, fascinating topic and one that uh, it's really good for everybody to be up on. Your book is Outsourcing America. Ron, thanks so much for joining us today on InfoTrack.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Next, a corporate coach has inside tips for women who want to get rich. You won't want to miss it. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned.